All right. Hey, guys, just a quick production note that this is going to be our last episode for a little bit. We're going to take a little break just so I can move and get a reliable internet connection where we are going. So we're not gone forever. Look for us back in your feed soon. It'll just be a little longer than usual. Thanks. One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. And welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms remain ignorant of whole categories of award season favorites because they're catching up on the latest in kids' TV. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have one son. His name is Jay. He's two years old, two and a half. And I have three kids. I have an eight-year-old named Tony, and I have five-year-old twins named Libby and Nate. Uh, and this is where we talk about the new segment that we introduced a couple years a couple years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple episodes ago, where we thank our reviewers and offer to let them pick future episode topics. Unfortunately, guys, no new reviews again. You're really just spreading the love, <laughs> so we'll just slide right past that one. <laughs> Do we want to tell some adorable kids stories? Oh, our kids are cute, aren't they? <laughs> They are so cute. Possibly the cutest. <laughs> um, I have, so one of my five-year-olds, Libby, she always wants us to take pictures of her when she's sleeping, which is sort of creepy because hmm. she likes to look at the picture the next morning. And most of the time I forget, but lately she's been picking out just different toys and stuffed animals to sleep with. So I do like to check in on her. Like she got this big giant cheetah for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's been sleeping with that. It's like takes up as much space in the bed as her. <laughs> it's really funny. So years from now, I'm going to discover like in the cloud when I finally go to print out all my photos, <laughs> all these pictures of her sleeping in her bed, which as I'm telling this, it sounds creepier than it is, but I have like a lot of photos of her sleeping. I don't know. I think you forget that you're talking to another mom. <laughs> yeah. Do so, you take pictures? Like, does Jay request that you take any pictures of him? He doesn't because he's not at that place where like I'm confident enough to walk into his room without waking him up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a little while before we can go in and take casual pictures of him sleeping. But we do, well, before we moved, we had the video monitor still. So, oh. you know, I was I was looking at that all the time. He's yeah, a cute sleeper. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's too creepy at all. I just think it's, well, it's kind of cute that, like, she's staging the photos. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I want my hair to fall just so over the cheetah for the photograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's adorable. So uh, how about Jay? Um, so I don't know that you know this about me, but it's probably not going to be a leap for you to believe it. But I am a terrible parker of cars. It is just oh really? It's it's not something that I'm good at, and I have a fancy car now with like sensors that like beeps and flashes, and so it's 
a bit easier, but Mm -hmm. a bit more comical how I rely on those sensors. But anyway, (laughs) Jay must have heard Kevin talk me down from like parking anxiety many times. And I just never realized that it was a thing that even happened until Mm -hmm. I was pulling into the Y parking lot and it was just me and Jay. And I was just pulling into a space that wasn't particularly nerve wracking, but it was crowded. And I must have said, oh, there are a lot of people here or something. And Jay goes, it's okay, mommy. It's okay. You don't need to worry. Just park. Oh, (laughs) that's adorable. So he's like a little mini Kevin in your backseat. Yeah. (laughs) Talking you down from a (laughs) non-stressful parking situation it was really cute (laughs) just park mommy (laughs) (laughs) um at least and it's good he wasn't like just park the goddamn car katie (laughs) that's true obviously it shows that i have an extremely kind of patient husband as well Um, so have there been any changes to your screen time policy? Well, since we last talked, we experienced here in Minnesota, a pretty long cold spell that also coincided with holiday break from school. So our screen time policy just totally went out the window. We had like so many movie nights. (laughs) It was awesome. It was epic, as my eight-year-old would say. And the kids are back in school now, and so it's a little tough to go back to the no screen time during the school week, especially when it's really cold and you can't go outside Mm because it hurts your face. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Screen time policy is relaxed for maybe the rest of winter. (laughs) I do have some exciting screen time news to share, though. What's that? Today, just this afternoon, Jay experienced his first episode of Doctor Who. Really? Yes. What did he think? He loved it. Because I got these random, like, little children's Doctor Who books for Christmas from some friends that know I'm a super nerd. And uh, so we've been reading them before bed. And they're like children's books. They're kind of mm-hmm. like the... Gosh, I'm not even going to remember what these characters are called. Like the little circles with feet. It's called like Miss Happy and Mr. Oh, yeah, Grimpy. yeah. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. It's that style of books. But it's all the different doctors. So it's Doctor First and Doctor Second and Doctor Eighth and Ninth and blah, blah, blah. So we've been reading them. And he's particularly obsessed with Doctor Fourth which is a story about these aliens called Daleks who are ridiculous looking things with like plungers and I, they're not scary or intimidating looking at all. Uh, so he was so excited about the Daleks. He makes me read this book like three times in a row every time we read it. So finally today I was like, I think we just need to watch a Dalek episode and see how he does. Cause they can be a little scary. The doctor who's, mm-hmm. Um, but he did really good. He had fun. It was great. I was excited to share this little bit of nerdery with my kid. That's awesome. So this isn't like old school Doctor Who, right? This is 
Is this a British show? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's only the new stuff, and I know that true nerds will think ill of me for not having watched the old stuff when I was growing up, but it only aired on PBS, and my parents were not really big PBS people growing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, only the new stuff. Well, that's great. I hope that he continues to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we jump into our, our topic? Ask the story box. <laughs> yes, this week we watched uh, the Netflix series Ask the Story Bots. Uh, plot-wise, it follows five robots named Beep, Bing, Bang, Boom, Boop, and Bo. Let me try that again. Beep, Bing, Bang, Boop, and Bo who work for a large corporation of robots that live in our computers. Their job is to answer kids' questions, and each episode features a kid asking a question and the robots being sucked through tubes into the real world where they find the answer to the question. The answering of the main question is interspersed with short song segments about colors, letters, animals, what have you. And, uh, yeah, it's just a cute... uh, way to explain everyday phenomena to children. So it premiered on Netflix in 2016, and there are only six episodes so far. And I did a little research. Okay, so it's produced by Jib Jab Studios. And if you had asked me prior to watching the show and looking that up, I thought Jib Jab just did like old style e-cards. Yes, I have a note about that. Like, remember when Facebook was just e-cards? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not Russian bots stealing American elections. Oh, those are simpler times. <laughs> yeah, way simpler times. <laughs> and annoying because people would post like the same e-card mm-hmm. over, not the same person posting it, like multiple people in your newsfeed would post the same e-card. Yes. Do you yeah. remember, when was the last time you like got an e-card in your email inbox for like your birthday or something. Oh my God. Like 1922. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it feels like forever ago. So I did not even really realize that jib jab was still a going concern. Um, but apparently the story bots are part of a so-called multi-platform learning program that they have, uh, which includes books and online games and short videos and now this series on Netflix and there's actually another series on Netflix called the Storybot Super Songs. Um, So they're really trying to, as I said, spread this across multiple programs in an effort to, uh, multiple platforms, that's the word I'm looking for, in an effort to make it appealing to millennial children. Millennials... Children Children of of millennials. millennials. There we go. I'm having trouble with words. (laughs) So uh, why did we pick it? Well, my brother and I recently exchanged passwords. He gave me his Netflix password and I gave him our HBO Go password. And so we we had a Netflix trial so we could watch a couple shows for this podcast. I don't remember when exactly that was but I let it lapse and didn't want to pay for Netflix and now I don't have to and now every night we're like Netflix is awesome and we just spend like 
15 to 20 minutes just like scrolling through the options <laughs> and we don't even always watch something we just like this is me and my husband Jeremy we just like to look at all of the things we could watch someday <laughs> <laughs> so I just was looking for a preschool program and this one looked good I will admit that I was a little nervous because sometime during winter break when Jay was not napping and I was tired and wanted to nap, we were laying in bed and he was watching, I don't know, Balto or something on TV that was just like on a random channel. And they had a commercial that was a song by the Storybots about lions And it was this kind of animation that I really hate where they take like an image of an actual lion and then like cut it so it looks like the lion is dancing or whatever or like stomping to the beat. Mm -hmm. And I saw that before we watched the show. So I was a little a little nervous that that's all it would be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm pleased to find that that wasn't that wasn't the whole shebang. So uh, what did we watch? We watched since there are only six episodes. We watched season one, episode one, How Does Night Happen? We watched season one, episode two, How Do Airplanes Fly? And season one, episode five, Where Do French Fries Come From? So as usual, we will do a little blurb on the plot summaries and then uh, do our general thoughts after that. Right. So episode one begins it kind of introduces the story bots and then an adorable child named spencer asks them the question why does night happen and the five story bots that katie mentioned earlier they zoom out of the computer via these tubes and they get shot out into a moat surrounding a castle and in search of the answer to Spencer's question. And it's a program that has like a lot of little vignettes that are mostly related to this question, some more so than others. So at first they encounter a knight, like K-N-I-G-H-T, who defines the difference between knight and knight. And it turns out that actor was Jay Leno, which was crazy. Like my note said, that really looks like Jay Leno. And then in the, the credits confirmed it was Jay Leno. Um, there was a musical number about the letter N. And then the story bots continue on their journey. Like they watch the sun on the beach. They think the sun slips beneath the water. So they go on this underwater inter- adventure a slow talking sea turtle kind of sets them straight. Um, no, it was a giggly whale that sets them straight. And so yeah, they didn't have time the for the sea turtle. <laughs> um, there were a couple of songs. They travel to outer space and they talk to the sun who explains that he doesn't go anywhere, but the earth in fact travels around the sun and rotates creating night and day. And once they find out the answer, um, there was like a weird chicken bop song (laughs) that didn't seem to, that was the least related to the topic. 
But then they get transported back inside the computer where there's this like grumpy green bot who's in charge of everybody. And they explain to him their findings and sing a song about how night happens. Um, that's my that's my summary. <laughs> that was a good summary. That was, as usual, more comprehensive than my eventual summary would be. Uh, I just I really thought of you as I was watching the introductory theme song, Deborah. Because the theme song explains the concept, you know, the robots live in our computers. And it made me wonder, is this how the internet works? It really, <laughs> really, and I don't know if I just remember this as being you, maybe it was someone else, but it reminds me of that time in grad school when you were taking uh, the information architecture class and <laughs> you said, I finally understand how the internet works. It's not just a series of tubes. And now this has me questioning that all over again <laughs> um I think that was me and I, I was also disappointed to find out that it wasn't just magic yeah <sighs> what did you think of the episode in general I liked it I felt like it was um very reminiscent reminiscent of Sesame Street only amped up like mm-hmm. Sesame Street after several espresso drinks. I liked the premise of the question because kids ask really weird questions that like we should be able to answer, but then you realize that like you, at least I realize I don't know how a light bulb works Mm -hmm. or what a water tower does. And I really, I have had years and years of real liberal arts education, and I'm just a worthless person. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself getting completely tangled in your explanations, too? Like, before you know it, you're trying to explain gravity. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard. So I li- and I liked how they... Um, like they went underwater because it does look like the sun is going underwater. If you don't know anything about if like, if you think the world is flat, mm-hmm. how would a kid know that the world is round? Um, so I, I liked the premise and I liked the execution. The one thing that really bugged me about that is that everyone that they approach with their questions laughs at them, which I thought to be, I found to be a little mean spirited. Like, when they initially approach Jay Leno to ask him how night happens, and he's a knight with a K, his reaction is to laugh at them for even asking. And then mm-hmm. when they're under the sea asking where the sun goes, the whale laughs at them. And even in the future episodes, that happens whenever they are on their initial fact-finding mm-hmm. mission. I mean, maybe it's good. It teach ki- teaches kids to like keep asking even if people are jerks to you, but I was like... <laughs> they were diligent in their search for the truth yeah they never gave up yeah so episode two how do airplanes fly uh i did not jot down the name of the adorable child um but they are asked how airplanes fly and they go immediately to hollywood to meet super mega awesome ultra guy a tv superhero to ask him how he flies and this was another celebrity cameo he was played by kevin smith so of course he laughs at them for even asking 
<laughs> and then he explains green screen technology. So then they decide to go ask birds how airplanes fly, because birds fly too. Seems pretty logical. So they ask a turkey, a pelican, some hummingbirds, an eagle, some penguins, geese, woodpeckers, and none of them help. And then finally, they meet a wise owl who explains the forces to them, which, you know, I was totally tickled by as a Star Wars nod. So the owl explains the forces of thrust, drag, weight, and lift that help airplanes fly. And as with the previous episode, there were several interstitial songs, uh, and I did not note what their titles were, but they were cute. That's all I got. (laughs) Any thoughts on this episode? I thought Kevin Smith. I didn't. Well, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Smith. I liked Clerks, but I don't (laughs) think I've liked anything he's done since then. Yeah. So when I saw him, I was just like, ugh. And he was really condescending. Mm -hmm. But so was Leno. Right. Right. Um, I really liked the, there was like a hip hop song about the color green. Oh yeah. I remember that. Cause I jotted down in my notes, are all the color songs going to be hip hop songs? Cause that is one thing that they do with the music is they really mix up the genre, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The color red was featured in like a rap song with claymation animated Storybots in episode one. So that must be a thing. Um, my other thought is, have you read uh, many Winnie the Pooh books? I actually never have. Well, Owl is a real blowhard. <laughs> and so I wondered if this was a nod to Winnie the Pooh because the owl actually had the answer to the question owl and winnie the pooh never has like a real answer he just tells these really long-winded stories that if you're reading the book and your kid can't read you can kind of skim <laughs> over and just read the essential ideas which is not much because he just talks and talks so it sucks to read those <laughs> okay so episode five centered around the question where do french fries come from And so the story bots, after receiving the question, then they end up at the base of the Eiffel Tower in Paris. So they encounter a mole who takes them to, in quotation marks, the underground. And it turns out that the underground is a potato farm where they meet all of these potatoes who imagine different fates for themselves. And they follow the potato designated as French fries on his journey And part of this is a bit where they go to, like, a potato spa where weird Al Yankovic is, like, a hippie yoga guru dude. And I think they refer to him as that. (laughs) And he, like, shows how potatoes are turned into fries using an actually pretty hilarious spa analogy. Because he talks about how first they are bathed in like a cleansing shower and then he opens the door and this animated potato is like getting blasted with cold water 
then the next door he describes like this exfoliation process, but then the potatoes just getting like scrubbed down really hard with a vegetable brush. And then it's cut up and then they're in like a hot oil bath. <laughs> and it was funny. I also found it funny, but I also found it a little disturbing. Like the personification of the potatoes and the way they had all accepted their fate to become food. Mm-hmm. Like none of the potatoes was like, I want to be an astronaut. They were all like, I want to be poutine, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just imagining like, what if they had asked where hamburgers come from? And like this whole thing was like a cow going to this spot. It's just a weird way to frame it. Ooh, good point. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I could have stood for them to be interacting with a farmer or something and not like putting friendly faces on the potatoes in my french fries. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was glad um, to see Weird Al. I'm always glad to see him. I thought he did a great job. He was my favorite celebrity cameo guest star person of the episodes that we watched agreed um there was also a bit where they the story bots go to like a real farm and the animated story bots are like superimposed onto film of a actual potato harvester Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of blends of animation in this show and that is what made me think of like the original Sesame Street because there would be film of just like like the crayon factory is the one I always return to Mm -hmm. but I felt like if it were done by Sesame Street they would have just had like soothing music and like three minutes of potato harvester montage and I could just I could just watch that for like an hour that is (laughs) fascinating I don't I didn't need the story bots like jumping around and talking about what was happening um and then at the beginning of this episode, we see the grumpy bot. And like, I finally paid attention to what he was saying. Cause he's like the search engine personified. And he's just shouting out like Baba Ganoush, Velociraptor, like all these, like just super stressed. Cause he's getting all these questions. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That was cute. We didn't talk a lot about the character of, I think his name is actually Hap, which is, adorable excuse my Mm -hmm. plosive p but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's great very a very good grumpy boss and i do love those moments where he's just spouting random words Mm -hmm. what did you think about the concept of the show i know you compared it a lot to sesame street did it scratch the same itch for you yeah i thought it was Good. Entertaining for a preschool audience. Entertaining enough for a parent to watch along. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? What did you think? Um, well, it definitely falls into the shows that teach camp as opposed to the shows that tell a story camp. Um, and sometimes that can be hard, especially with the preschool shows as an adult watching it. Because sometimes the lesson that's being taught is... You know, you know what the color red is, but mm-hmm. I thought that they managed to do it in a pretty funny and innovative way. So, yeah, I was I was pretty entertained. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts on the vo- well? 
voice cast. It was kind of hard to distinguish. Well, Judy Greer plays the storybot who is kind of leading the adventures. Oh, okay. I thought she was really good. She's totally one of those actresses that is in everything, like low-key in everything. <laughs> yes, she's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I didn't really recognize any of the other voice actors. And then there were the just really unexpected guest spots. Yeah. Jay Leno. Yeah. Um, I did watch a little bit of episode three and Whoopi Goldberg is in that Aww. as the tooth fairy. And she was wonderful. <laughs> she was great. Um, is there any celebrity you thought right off the bat that you'd like to see featured in an episode? I don't even know who to say because they're like, that's a pretty incongruous list of celebrities. Yeah. I don't know. Katy Perry. <laughs> I don't know. She would, I feel like it, the breadth of celebrities you could use is again, very similar to the breadth of people they end up getting for Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the weekend that we're or the week that we're recording this is the week after the Golden Globes sorry guys you won't hear it for a while but obviously the uh, the Me Too moment is very much on my mind so I was like well they could have Matt Damon do an episode about what is sexual harassment <laughs> just have him be like totally clueless or, and this one I think is better, did you um, ever watch the show Downton Abbey? I did not. Okay, so... I have heard, I've heard of it, though. <laughs> so Dame Maggie Smith is uh, on Downton Abbey, and she plays kind of like the crabby old uh, grandmother who is kind of stuck in the past. Mm -hmm. And there's a funny scene early on in one of the early seasons where someone says, oh, yeah, we can we can take a look at that over the weekend. And she like looks all distressed and she's like, what is a weekend? So oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so I thought that would be a good, she could do an episode on what is a weekend. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, did you have any thoughts on the animation style? Well, the story bots are kind of phallic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not kind of. They are phallic. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the shorter ones less so. They reminded me a little of Minions, I guess. Yeah, the shorter ones are more like Minions. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> They're Minion-esque. I really liked the all the different styles, because there are claim. Like we said before, there's claymation story bots. There's just regular animated story bots. There's animated story bots interacting with like the real world and real people characters. So I liked the variety. Oh no, I have to know what you thought of the animation in the Chicken Bop song because that was the one with like that horrible cutout style animation that I hate, where they made the chickens dance the beat. That's a weird one. I, I'm i just weirded out. Remember when we watched Wonder Pets? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of that. <laughs> it was like Wonder, Wonder Pets-ish. So we talked a little bit about the music. I tried to find out who was singing. 
the theme song because I was convinced it was like written by Ben Folds or performed by They Might Be Giants, but I couldn't really confirm. I did not write down the name of the gentleman who actually wrote, who is actually listed in the, in the credits. His name is like Evan something. <laughs> the songs definitely a lot of them did have overtones of They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. And that might just be because we've been listening to the They Might Be Giants. You know, they have those two albums. One is about the alphabet and the other one is about numbers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You should see the face Deborah's making right now. You mean you've heard them before? Possibly on a loop many times? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're good. Did you uh, compare this to any adult movies or TV shows? The show that I came up with was Drunk History. Have you ever watched that? Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of a circuitous way of getting to an answer. Yes. They start out just like totally mixed up because (laughs) like they can't spell the word right and they have to get the spelling right and then they just make so many mistakes and ask the wrong sources. And so it kind of reminded me of Drunk History because it's a way of getting at Yeah, yeah, like it's teaching you something, but definitely in a roundabout way. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm thinking about what if the little robots that live in our computers and run the internet were drunk? What would happen? They might be. (laughs) It might be the only way they can cope. (laughs) The only way they can get through their little robot internet days. (laughs) So the one I thought of, because I was racking my brains for examples of TV shows where hosts directly answer viewers' questions. Mm. And the only one I could think of was uh, the Dr. Ruth, Good Sex with Dr. Ruth. It was on in syndication when I was, I think, young, like in high school, maybe. Oh, funny. I, I never saw it. And I mean, do you know who Dr. Ruth is? I do, yeah. Okay, so she's like this elderly lady who is known as a sex expert. So she would, you know, very frankly and honestly answer people's questions about very taboo topics. And that was the only, for some reason, the only example I could come up with. And then obviously when I was casting the gritty HBO reboot, I just thought that would be hilarious to see. (laughs) Dr. Ruth? Dr. Ruth, the story bot. (laughs) <laughs> for sure well there was also that uh mtv show dr drew oh yeah love line was that love line oh yeah oh with that gross guy named adam <laughs> yeah really this watching this show did just make me think of a bunch of like super uncomfortable questions that the story bots could be answering <laughs> i mean think I about think, the things i you... think an adult show of this would be great <laughs> so was it better when we were kids I think Sesame Street always has a will always have a place in my heart because it was like the only thing on. Does Sesame Street indulge in kind of those long meditative segments that I'm remembering, like the ones you're talking about? I don't think it does as much anymore. I watched it with um, Tony when he was pretty little, like two and three. Mm-hmm. And 
none of them have, none of my kids have been interested in it since then. Mm -hmm. So I remember being pleased that some of the segments were the same and like some of the actors are the same. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's, I think they've sped up the pace a little bit since right. we were kids. Um, I realized that I totally stepped over your casting of the gritty HBO reboot. Oh, that's okay. Well, I was thinking more just literally if we were looking at that opening scene, I think it would be funny to see John Goodman just spouting off search terms and answers to people. <laughs> just just being mad about it. I would like to see Judy Greer really playing a story bot. Yeah. So sort of like similar a, to we talked about like the actual ducktails with the people dressed as ducks. Just yeah. have the story bots just dressed as robots. Yeah, she's a good actress. Anna Kendrick, I think, would be good. Um Whoopi Goldberg, that's an unoriginal choice because she was in episode three. And then one of the story bots, I don't know any of their names, but he had a really hoarse voice. Mm -hmm. So let's just throw Tom Waits in there. <laughs> All right. As a foil to Perky Judy Greer. So would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? Probably not. There's so much on Netflix, Katie. <laughs> I can't even I don't even watch anything I just look at what I can watch yeah I'm with you I don't know that I would ever watch it alone voluntarily unless Matt Damon was attempting to explain sexual harassment <laughs> should we do 10 seconds on whether or not this is good for our kids sure you you first because you've got the actual yeah I think it could be it could be good I don't know Jay isn't definitely in the constant question asking phase but he doesn't pause to listen to the answers yet so maybe give it six months <laughs> uh, but I think eventually yeah it'll be perfectly appropriate for him I did not actually watch it with uh, with him this time around just because circumstances but yeah I think for my kids who are eight and five I think it skews a little young for them although I think my five-year-olds would enjoy it I think it's absolutely perfect for like a preschooler uh ratings I'd give it a solid four well I don't know heck four and a half nice I didn't have any complaints really yeah I would I would also give it a four um yeah the only reason I wouldn't rate it higher is just because well you know my history of ratings with preschool shows I'm not generous <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at, at myscreentime2. You can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children, and our podcast is produced by Katie Curler. 
Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Bye.